Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Well, we're preaching out of the book of Romans. Romans. And so that's a really good book. And uh, we enjoy that part, don't we? Yeah. So, uh, there's two things that impressed me about, the, about that Chiefs game. I don't know about you, but I was impressed by those little boys running around down there in red. It's, what's their names? The, the Mahoites, or what, what, what's the names of those kids down there? Oh, the, the 49ers? No, that's not the ones. It's the Chiefs, right? All right, all right. So uh, we were excited about the Chiefs. And uh, also, I was really excited to see the crowd. It's an interesting, according to my sermon uh, research team, uh, they told me that the Super Bowl game was played at the Hard Rock Stadium in where? Miami, Florida. Bring those house lights up, will you, Allison, just a little bit? And uh, it was played at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. And uh, it's interesting. I like Miami. Has anybody ever been to Miami? I like Miami. I, pre- I preached some revival services there in Miami back in uh, the year 1975. <laughs> you remember who was a pup? That's right. And, uh, yeah, heck was. Uh, uh, and so the thing that I liked about it is that you could go down into the little Cuba area down there, and in the little Cuba area, they had windows along the, the, that were open to the sidewalk, and you walk along the sidewalk and you could buy uh, coffee, little shots of coffee. And uh, you could get coffee con leche, which was the coffee with cream, which is a, a whole cup of cream with a little bit of coffee in it. It was delicious. But the ones I liked the best was those in those little shot glasses. And I watched them make that coffee, and they put 50% sugar and 50% coffee, put it under real hot water pressure, pressed it down. And I tell you what, all of a sudden, you drink one of those, the whole sky lights up. <laughs> It's real good, and uh, I like those, especially when you get on your fourth or your fifth one. It's easy to do that because only a buck a piece, and uh, you do that once, that's all, you <laughs> that's all you need, promise you that. But there are 65,326 seats in the Super Bowl at the Hard Rock Stadium, 65,326 seats, and the thing that impressed me about the Super Bowl a lot was the fact that they were sold out, say sold out. So they were sold out. Could you imagine how unimpressive it would be if only two or 3,000 people came to the football game? Oh, boring. Hello. The crowd was the big part of it, but it was sold out. I remember, uh, you know, I have a son. Most people don't know this, but I have a son that was a pitcher for the Royals. And uh, probably most of you don't know that, aren't aware of that. But, uh, yeah, he was nine years old. Up in Jefferson, Iowa, he pitched for the Royals. <laughs> Uh, wore a little blue, a blue uniform. He was nine years old. And uh, one day I was driving a charter bus, and I took him to Atlanta, Georgia, on a youth trip. And uh, they were doing some missionary work there. He was nine years old. The youth were teenagers. We dropped them off in uh, the very downtown city of Atlanta, Georgia, to do some work on a, 
a little church building there, and we took off for a week, and we got at this little motel there, Jonathan and I, we checked in there, and he was nine years old, and uh, he had his brand new Rawlings ball glove, and I had my old decrepit uh, grandfather uh, baseball mitt, and we got outside of the, he was a pitcher up there at the, with the Royals in Jefferson, the little tiny Royals, and uh, so I, I was going to warm him up a little bit, said, let's practice while we're up here. He was nine years old. And I sat down, I squatted down. I could then. I could still get back up then. He was nine years old. And I said, throw me the ball. And he pitched me the ball. And I threw it back to him, and I missed him, but he went and got it. And he, he, he threw it back, and he pitched it again. And then he pitched it again. I said, well, is that all you got? And uh, he said, no, I got more. Said, you remember Johnny? Anybody remember Johnny? If you don't remember, Jonathan, if you come to church on the 23rd of February, Sunday forthcoming, Jonathan's going to preach that Sunday morning. So I think, I think you'll enjoy that. I think you'll enjoy him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, put a little stuff on it. He said, you sure you want me to put a little stuff on it? I said, absolutely, Dad. son, put a little stuff on it. He said, okay, <laughs> Dad, here it comes. I'll never forget it well, like it was yesterday. I got all squatted down. You know what it's like. You're a catcher. And uh, I squatted down there, and he, he wound up, and he threw that ball. I mean, it was coming to me like I, I couldn't hardly see it. It was coming so fast. It hit my mitt and blew my mitt to smithereens. Confetti just went all over the place as he blew my mitt up. Well, that's Jonathan. And so he wanted to go to the uh, Atlanta Braves game, so I took him. We went to the Atlanta Braves game that night. And uh, as we went there, uh, people were coming out of the stadium. And I said, you know, where are you going? They said, well, they're sold out. I said, they can't be sold out. We've been waiting all this time to go see the Atlanta Braves. He had his little Atlanta Braves hat on. He had his little Raleigh's ball glove. You know, he's going to catch a high fly. You know how it goes. And we started up there. And they said, well, I'm sorry. They're all sold out. I said, I, I, I don't know. i got to check it. And I checked it out. They said, well, we've got two seats left. I said, I'll take them. Say praise the Lord. <laughs> That's why Johnny's such a great kid today. So we started up. We started up the spiral. First floor. Second floor. Third floor. Johnny looked up and says, where are we going, Dad? <laughs> I said, we're going to our seat. All the way to the top. We got to the top. And uh, nosebleeds all over the place. And we sat down. And he looked around very uh, disappointed. I said, what's the matter, son? We're here for a ball game. He said, I could never catch. They could never even hit a ball as far, much less I catch one. And he was T-I-C-K-E-D. You know what that is? That's right. He was ticked. And he sat there and he pouted. I went and got him a hot dog and I put ketchup and mustard and a little, and uh, I had a bag of popcorn and a soda. I walked back, come on, son, let's have a good day today. And he's sitting there like this. And I said, come on, eat some of this. And he wouldn't eat the hot dog. He wouldn't eat any popcorn. He wouldn't touch the Pepsi. I looked at him and I said, let me tell you something, son. We come a long way for this game. I said, either you chew it up and eat it or I'm going to chew it up and you're going to eat it. doesn't make any difference. So anyhow, sold out. There's just something about sold out that always gets my attention. And we find out that being sold out in the Word of God is a very common thing. Jesus told the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter number 15. It was a sold out to God family foundations, I believe, that brought the prodigal son back home. You know, like father, like son. When Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples of John chapter number 13, Peter said to Jesus, you're not ever going to wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, I don't know if 
if he stuck his finger up in his nose or what he said, if I wash thee not, then thou hast no part with me. And it was Peter's strong desire to be completely sold out to Jesus that prompted Peter to say to Jesus, well, then not my feet only, but also my hands and my head and just, come on, just wash all of me. Hello. And so the brides having their lamps full of oil in the Bible is how Jesus describes people who are sold out waiting for the bridegroom to call out, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet them. Those who, according to Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, those who are looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a picture of those who are sold out. Are you looking for Jesus to come back? Amen. Is he on the tip of your tongue? Is he on the, the top of your head? Are you looking for him to come back? Sold out is a picture of all the saints throughout the ages gathering together around the table of the marriage supper of the Lamb, rejoicing, pinching each other after taking part in the first resurrection. The Greek word for that is Marcoius. Happy, blessed are they that take part in the first resurrection. Glad that they lived a sold out life, enthusiastically reveling in the fact that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because they were sold out. If you're glad your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, raise up your hand and say amen to that. And so those sold out, sold out will someday express itself to the whole world as they witness all the saints who were sold out now dressed in spotless white, returning from heaven to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years on this earth during the millennium. Jesus on a snow-white flying horse. That ought to get somebody's attention, wouldn't you say? And the apostle Paul made this declaration. He was sold out completely to his Lord, and he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, henceforth, say henceforth, Henceforth, Webster says, from this time forward, that's what henceforth means, starting right now. The Apostle Paul says, I am now ready to be offered. I am sold out. I put that in there. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, from the time that I became a totally sold out, From the time forward, starting then and up to now, there has been laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing to all of those who are sold out. Amen. I'm thrilled to pastor a church of people that are all sold out. Now, you're quiet as a mouse today. I'll get to you before it's all over. Don't worry about it. And so I'm just thrilled to be pastoring people who are sold out. Young people, older people, hello, smart people, extra smart people. That's as far as I'm going to go with that one. Skinny people and their counterparts, right? And, And so we appreciate people that are sold out. And so I want you to stand to your feet right now. Would you do that? Just stand up. And uh, some of you, just stand your feet. And if you are so glad that you're totally sold out to Jesus, hello down here on the front row, and you're sold out to Jesus, would you give about three people a high five and say, I'm sold out. I am sold out to Jesus. Praise God for that. Wow, what a wonderful bunch of people. Smile at them. Say, we're on this team together. Jesus is our captain. 
I'm sold out. I want to let the world know I'm sold out. You can be seated. I became a pastor many years ago, a pastor of the church. My starting years, it was actually my second church. It was my starting years, we'd moved on into uh, uh, Fremont, California. Nancy Joe and I were there. We were pastoring the church there, and uh, a lady came up, knocked on the door, and uh, <clears throat> she said to me, and she was a little, she was, a, I believe she was an Episcopalian lady. She's still a friend of ours to this day. That's been uh, around 50 years ago, <laughs> if you can imagine it. She knocked on the door, and uh, I was the new pastor, and she knocked on the door, my wife's dog. Uh, came to the door to meet him, eyeball to eyeball. It was one of those, what do you call those things, Great Danes. And the guy came to see us, and the dog got right up in his face, and the guy looked at me, and he said, Great Dane in the morning. And, uh, yeah, so here was this Great Dane come to the door. And this lady came to the door, and we'd just been a brand-new pastor there. We just rented a home there. She knocked on the door, and she said to me, and she said, Tell me, Brother Block. Now, I'm Brother Block 50 years ago. Can you believe that? I just a green behind the ears, wet behind the ears, green as a, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, those jalapenos. Uh, and and so, so here, here I am, and she said, I, I come to ask you a question, Pastor. She said, could you tell me your stance on the doctrine of transubstantiation? Well, transubstantiation, A, number one, I didn't know what it was. Number two, I couldn't spell it. Number three, I couldn't hardly pronounce it. Number three, I thought it was some kind of a subway in San Francisco, transubstantiation. And so I did the ecclesiastical thing like all pastors do, you know, when they don't know what to say. They say, well, tell me, I said. Can you imagine standing here, uh, big, tall, 135 pounds? Well, tell me. Uh, how do you feel about that doctrine? And she began to tell me about the doctrine of transubstantiation. Well, I gave her that holy look. A few days later, I had somebody come into my office. And I said, what a crazy little office it is. I had, I had three things in my office. I had a chair uh, that was uh, I, I picked up, used somewhere. It had holes in the side. I had this beautiful desk with scratches all over it. And I had a fish tank. And... Uh, so the lady came into my office. She said, uh, could you tell me? She said, I'm getting ready to be baptized in water. And she said, I need to know what the Bible has to say about baptism in water. And uh, so I've come to ask you, Pastor, could you give me all the information that you have on the baptism of water? Well, 135 pounds sitting behind that desk. The fish over there just gurgling away. I put my arms up like a good holy pastor once again. And I said, well, yes, ma'am. Uh, i tell you what. Uh, I'll get that together for you just as soon as I can. I'll give you a call, and I'll tell you about water baptism. She said, thank you. She left my office. I got on the phone, and I, told my, and I called my dad, who'd been a pastor for many, many years. I was born and raised in a pastor's home. I, I am a pastor's kid. Uh, I was born in college, and, uh, and I asked my dad. I said, Dad, can you tell me I got a problem down here? He said, what's the problem, son? He knew I was passionate. You got a problem already? I said, yeah. I said, could you tell me in the Bible where it says anything about water baptism? <laughs> I didn't know. So he told me, you know what he said, Romans chapter 6. How many of you know Romans chapter 6 was a water baptism chapter? How many of you know it now? How many of you glad that my dad told you? <laughs> so today we're looking at Romans chapter number Six. What a beautiful chapter that it is. And so, when we look at Romans chapter 6, it spells out what water baptism is all about. It being, being sold out 
to Jesus Christ is what we're talking about today. Being sold out to Jesus begins with repentance. Repentance comes, it's not just a little prayer that you say, even though we say a prayer, and uh, we say like uh, some of our friends on TV, uh, Joel Osteen, different ones, Brandon, myself, we say, if you say that prayer in your heart and you mean it with all your heart, we believe you're born again. And so that takes place. But there's also something that goes along with that prayer, and that's a determined individual who has the idea and the, and the thought that they're going to turn 180 degrees and turn their life around from walking in the ways of the enemy and the Satan and walking in the ways of God. How many of you turned your life around? Know what I'm talking about. Come on, if you raise your hand, have you, been, have you turned your life around? Are you walking in repentance? That's what repentance is, turning your life around. And so uh, it involves that. There's a song that uh, Bill Gaither wrote some time ago, Bill, uh, George Yance. Remember George Yance, the bass singer with uh, the Cathedral Quartet? Anybody over 50 years old know who they are? It, it, incredible. And this, this is how that song went. It said, today I went down to the place where I used to go. Today I saw the same old crowd I knew before. And when they asked me what happened, where you been, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. Amen to that. And then it goes on, thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. As the tears ran down my face, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. And I like this second verse where it says, then we went down to the house where we used to live. My little boy ran and stood behind the door like so many times before. And I said, son... You don't need to be afraid. You've got a new daddy now. Thanks to Calvary, we don't come here anymore. We had a kid in our church that rode with the Hells Angels quite a number of years ago when I pastored this church I talked about in California. He came to Jesus. One day I was out knocking on doors and, and uh, to witnessing to Jesus Christ, and a lady told me she, she met me at the door, and she said, I've been waiting for you. I said, well, you've been waiting for me. Her name was Jackie. And she said, come on in, please. And I said, okay, I'll come in. And uh, I'll never forget, I had a Donald Duck tie on the one I was married in by the way and uh, so uh, I went in there and I said well she said I've been on my knees in the kitchen praying that if God if Jesus and God was real that God would send somebody to my door to tell me about Jesus and so that's why you're here isn't it I said yes it is she said well she said uh, I, I, I my husband is uh, is uh, with is, is rides with a gang and uh, he is down at the bar right now. He just got off work here a few hours ago, and he's down at the local bar down here. He's got all our money for the week. And this, is, this little boy is bad, bad dude. I'm telling you, he's a bad dude. And she said, she said, uh, uh, she said, and so he'll be down there all night, and he will spend every single penny that he made working in, as a construction a person in San Francisco all week long. He'll spend it all tonight if somebody, it, it, we, I said, well, we need to pray for him. And uh, she said, yes, let's pray for him. But she said, I was wondering, would you go down to the bar and bring him home? <laughs> I brought him home that night. Went in there and he, was, he came home. And he was one of those guys that every time he walked in, the house, the kids would scatter. They would run, and they would hide behind the door, and they would get down under the bed, and uh, his name was Bud. I remember one time he was working later on the church roof, and uh, somebody was giving his kids problem, and 
yelling at his kid, one of the neighbors, yelling at his kid who was kind of messing around. Bud started coming down off of the roof, and I thought, I don't think you better holler over <laughs> at his kid anymore. So he came down. Anyhow, uh, every time Bud, after he gave his life to Christ that night, he, he made a 180-degree turn. All these things, he had wrecked four motorcycles, almost killed himself in a drunken stupor. And, uh, and when he gave his life to Christ, he came 180 degrees, and he changed. And he would stand in our church. He had a, a goatee on, and uh, he had, uh, he, you know, uh, dressed like he would be dressed. And he, he would come in, and he would come up to the uh, pulpit, and he would sing a song, The Old Rugged Cross. Everybody ever heard it? Anybody ever heard The Old Rugged Cross? Old Bud Coffee would get up there, and I knew, oh, boy, here it comes. Every, every time I would have him sing that, his brother, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Jack, played for the farm team for the Oakland Raiders. He was a big football player, and uh, he got saved too. And, and this, this young man would get up and he'd start, So I'll cherish the old cross. Oh, boy. It was just like a spirit of Jesus Christ would come across. And till my trophies. That's all the farther he would get. Week after week, blood would fall on his face on the floor. And the service was almost over. He would weep and weep and weep till we could finally get him off for years. Every time he would come and sing for me in that church. See, that's what happens. He got sold out thanks to Calvary. I don't go there anymore. I hadn't heard from them for, I don't know, some over 50 years. I hadn't heard from them. And one day my wife got a, I, I guess it was a text message or something on Facebook or something. I don't know. But there was a young man by the name of Paul. Paul said, is this the Larry Block that used to pastor in Fremont, California? My wife said, yeah. What was that? She said, my name is Paul. He said, you might remember my daddy. I said, uh, she said, well, who's your daddy? I said, Bud Coffey. Till my trophies, at last I laid down. So you need to know something. You labor for the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Did you know that? And Paul said, I was a little boy. I was just a young man. I was about six, seven years old at the, that time when Larry Block used to tell me, you're going to be okay, son. You're going to make it. Put your trust in Jesus. And he said, I've been serving Jesus all my life, all the years. That was just a couple of years ago. Huh, that made my day. Yeah. Transubstantiation, I figured it out. So the process of being sold out begins with repentance. And then the second process, or another part of the process that's tacked on to this repentance process is the advertising of the experience of water baptism. Water baptism does not save you, but it exposes to you and to others around you an external look 
at is what is really happening on the inside. Sold out. An internal and external washing. I want to show you a picture of an internal and an external washing. Can I show you a picture? You want to see a picture? Put it up there for me. Here's one that's sold out. <clears throat> Who's that? That's not another one of our pastors here, Pastor Brandon. What's he doing? Now look at that kid. One day when he was just this tall, I said to him, we're going to have a water baptism at our church. And I said to him, let's go down to the river and find a place to baptize in the water. And he said, okay, Dad, let's do that. A young teenager, we headed to the river. We went to none other than the Raccoon River. We went down to the Raccoon River, and we started wading out there in the mud and the snakes and the alligators. No alligators, but we looked for them. Hello, and the water was rushing. And... Uh, I said, now look at, I, I said, would this be a nice place to baptize people? Brandon said, yeah, this would be a real nice place, Dad. And he's, I said, now, when we baptize him, Brandon, he's just a young man. I said, when we baptize him, son, we need to turn him around so when the river is flowing, he doesn't blow up their nose, right? I mean, you want the water going that direction, right? And so I said, okay, I think this will be the perfect place. And so he turned to me and he said, would you just baptize me right now? I said, we're having water baptism on Sunday. He said, I don't care. I want to be baptized right now. <laughs> well, I baptized him in the Raccoon River. But I think he prefers the Jordan because <laughs> there he is in the Jordan River. This is where Jesus was baptized. Isn't that beautiful? And so I, he, he sent me a message just a few minutes ago. And he said, Dad, I just want you to know something. We are in the upper room in Jerusalem, and we're praying that God blesses ES First this morning as we pray for them at the upper room in Jerusalem. Hello. <laughs> That's what's going on right now. Let's show me another picture up here. Anybody know anybody on this next picture? You got a second picture back there? Oh, who's this? Hmm. This is my sister-in-law. That's Tony White. Anybody know Tony? And that's Amy right next to him. And then there's Kim Gaines. And there's Brandon. There's Cecilia Gonzalez. Who's that woman with the knot head? Oh, that's your wife. Oh, yeah. Okay. And who's that next one? Huh? That's Norma. Isn't that wonderful? So here we go. We got Jeremy Ramazan up here taking the picture. Hallelujah. See, that's a picture. That's a picture right there of people saying loud and clear as an advertisement about Jesus Christ that said, I am on the inside. I am sold out to Jesus. And on the outside, I'm also sold out to Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Sold out. Oh, I'll tell you, what a wonderful experience it is to know Jesus Christ and be sold out to him. It's exciting. Now, uh, 
you see, it's, it's not just the water, it's the walk. And so that's what's important. Which brings me to my text this morning of Romans chapter number 6. And I'm going to begin reading to you from the Message Bible. And uh, this is the uh, chapter 6 that I was talking about. My daddy told me back all those years ago, well, son, it's found in Romans chapter 6. That's the water baptism chapter. And so here we go. Put it up on the screen for us. And we're going to read that today. A new life in a new land. That's what sold out is all about. I got a new life in a new land. Aren't you glad, thanks to Calvary, you don't go there anymore? Aren't you glad, thanks to Calvary, you don't have those old thoughts anymore? Aren't you glad, thanks to Calvary, you don't have those old habits that are just tearing you down and ripping you up? Hello. Aren't you glad that, thanks to Calvary, you're growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Like Ezekiel chapter 47 says, well, the Spirit of God, the blessings of God coming down from the throne room of God like water, uh, touching everyone, blessed in the basket, the storehouse, blessed in the coming in, going out, the rising up, the setting down, all that your hand finds do shall prosper. And Ezekiel explains it this way. It's coming down from the throne room of God. It's the blessings of God that are new every morning. Comes down from the throne room of God and first of all, it's waters up to your ankles. And that's just the beginning. <laughs> and then the more you get to know Jesus, it's the waters that comes up to your, your, your knees. Hello. And the more you submit to Jesus and the more you commit to him and the more you get sold out to him, the waters come up to the waist. And all of a sudden there's waters to swim in. Hello. New every morning are the blessings of God to those who are the sold out children of God who love God with all their heart with all their soul and with all their strength I'm sold out and you're sold out thank God for that opportunity that to be sold out to Jesus well guess what he says here a new life in a new land that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. That's not just in the water. That's in the spirit. That's not just on the outside where you get dunked uh, and you get immersed or sprinkled, whatever happens to you. And it's, it's not just that outward expression. It's what comes from within. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus, may I say, to a new life. Each of us is raised into a light filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in a new grace sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, a decisive end to that sin miserable life. You remember the sin miserable life? Does anybody remember the sin miserable life and all that it brought and all that it caused? I remember my sin Miserable life. No longer it sins every beck and call. Did you know sin has sucking power? Did you know that? Did you notice that when you're getting ready to do something, how sin starts out early in the day and starts wooing you? You say things like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't do that anymore. Well, 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 maybe. Well, mm, okay, well, maybe just this one last time. Did you ever notice that sin has a sucking power? If you've been in an alcohol or anything like that, did you ever walk through past uh, a bar and there's music and there's 
smoke coming out of there, and it smells like hell in there. And we come, you know, some some of you still hang out at those places. I feel sorry for you. you you'll get water this way in one of these days. You'll figure out that's not where you belong. And, and but so don't worry about it. But uh, can you? Did you ever notice that if you'd been delivered from alcohol and you'd, you'd set it aside one time, or, or 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 drugs, or marijuana, or immorality? Did you ever notice when you walk by it, you you just it feels like something's sucking you right into it? Did you ever notice that? Well, guess what? That sin miserable life no longer are you at sin's every beck and call are you going to stumble and make mistakes yeah you probably will i do do you like it well no i don't but you know what i'm not at sin's beck and call anymore i just stumbled and isn't it wonderful that when we stumble the lord's there to pick us up clean us off start us all over again doesn't take us back to zero he lets us Keep on from the very spot where we left off. That's the part, wonderful part of that. No longer it sins every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. Help me out, Ryan. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Look at it. We talk so much where the Bible says, come out from the world, be separated, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. Write that down on your refrigerator. Come out from the world. Woke you up, didn't I? Be separated. Touch not the unclean thing. I have a hard time doing that. There's just something about keeps wanting to pull me back. I have a hard time doing that. I got good news for you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Leopard can't change its own spots. You can't make yourself holy. You can walk in holiness, but you can't make yourself holy. So what's the good news? I'm sold out. I'm committed on the inside and the outside. And the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's the Spirit of the Lord that raises up a standard against him. <laughs> I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, I will glorify God in my body, which are his. <laughs> I'm sold out. Ah, and the good news is, so many times we feel like, well, I, I, I just... 
I just don't have any strength against all of this stuff. Listen, if you submit yourself unto God, draw nigh unto him, he'll nigh unto you. He'll draw nigh unto you. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Huh? Because you're no longer in bondage to that sin. Are you going to stumble? Maybe when you're down here in the water at the ankles level. You might be stumbling over some stuff here. But since I'm over here in waters to swim in, I'm not stumbling over that. You are, but I'm not. What have you got to look forward to? That. Yeah. Coming down from the throne of God. Holiness. Purity. Sanctification. All of the blessings of God maketh us rich and has no sorrow. I'm growing in the grace and knowledge every day. See, the enemy likes to tell you that. Guess what? You stumbled today, so God's blood doesn't work. It doesn't work for you. You did it again. You tell the devil he's a liar. You look him in the eye and you say, guess what? Buzzard bait. I'm sold. I hope you remember where I was at. He brings God down to us. Aren't you glad that your salvation is not all on you? Aren't you glad that you've been cleansed and washed in the blood? I want you to just say something. Say, devil, you're a liar. Has the devil been picking on you lately? Have you been listening to the wrong voices? Devil, you're a liar. Huh? So this next week, as you're going along, and all of a sudden you get a temptation to do something, you know you're not, you know that God really don't want you, isn't pleased with it. You know that way down in your heart, you know that, ah, I know, I know that God is with me everywhere I go. And not only do I know that, but I know that this is a scary thing. But God knows my thoughts from afar off. I'm not sure I really like that sometimes. But you just rise up and say, well, Jesus brought God down to me so that I don't have to stumble like that. And then instead of going off and doing what you had planned on doing all day long, you rise up in victory, waters up to your waist. I'm sold out. I'm sold out. Come on, say amen. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language. That means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You're dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Amen. Is that the end of the story? Huh? Is that it? That's not transubstantiation, but it's water baptism. 
Bow your heads in prayer. Father, we're so thankful. Wow. We're not in this battle by ourselves. We're not alone. <laughs> we're sold out. These people are sold out. And Lord, we just thank you that you bring victory. And there's victory in Jesus. We give you praise. And everyone said, Amen.